Welcome to another Directions Mag podcast, co-hosted with our friends at Eurissa. We're thrilled to have Micah Babinski, Drew Sexton, Rachel Stevenson, and Siobhan Van Allen with us today to discuss mentoring in the geospatial community and beyond. Whether you're a mentor or considering it, they have some terrific insights for us today. Thanks for joining this podcast. My name is Micah Babinski. I'm a GIS project manager at Elyon International. I live and work in Portland, Oregon, and I'm um, really happy to be your facilitator today. Hi, my name is Drew Sexton. I'm a GIS specialist for Buckeye Hills Regional Council located in Marietta, Ohio. I'm also currently the uh, president for the Ohio chapter of Eurissa. Hello, everyone. My name is Rachel Stevenson. Um, I am a cartographer with the United States Geological Survey, and I am currently in my second year with the Eurissa Vanguard Cabinet, and I will be finishing up um, at the end of December. Hi, I'm Siobhan Van Allen. I'm a senior GIS technician at Northwest Natural in Portland, Oregon, and I'm the current president of Oregon Eurissa's Emerging Professionals Special Interest Group. Great. Well, welcome everyone, and thanks to uh, Barbary and, and all of you for being here and making this possible. So, let's get into the topic of mentoring. Um, you know, one of the questions that I, I get a lot, and then I've sort of been mulling over, is what differentiates mentoring from just giving professional advice. I've given and received a lot of professional advice, and uh, full disclosure, I'm signed up for the. Uh, Oregon Eurissa uh, Emerging Professionals Mentoring Program as a mentor. So I'm really curious, how how can a mentor go that extra mile? And Drew, you've had a lot of experience with uh, geospatial mentoring, so maybe you could start off by talking about this. Uh, yeah. So for me personally, um, I think that mentoring is uh, more so like a, a long-term professional relationship. Well, I guess it could be long-term, term or short-term. Um, and it's kind of more of an encompassing, uh, all-encompassing sort of you're giving advice. Uh, you might give project help. You could help uh, students out with uh, career advice or, or, or um, maybe selecting courses. Um, and then there's certain different things that you might do for uh, mentoring young professionals. Like you might want to help them with uh, suggesting that they could get involved with different professional organizations or if they needed to continue their education you could suggest things like uh, perhaps doing an ESRI MOOC or attending different uh, conferences workshops or potentially um, other educational offerings to kind of bolster that yeah so it's kind of like going beyond just the surface level advice and sometimes helping out with pretty weighty career and even life decisions um good Siobhan are, are there any sort of perspectives that you've encountered through your uh, previous mentoring or mentee experience absolutely I think one of the things that sets mentoring apart from just being professional advice is that it's an ongoing relationship and Drew spoke to this a little but it could be short term it could be long term but it's someone that you've recognized as you're having a relationship going forward with that person where in my personal experience I have um, sought professional advice, kind of on a one-off basis from people I trust, but I wouldn't necessarily consider them mentors, where I feel as a mentor, you have a special relationship um, throughout time where you can go back to them again and again, um, using them as a resource for guidance in your career. One of the things from my perspective um, is that mentoring, sometimes it goes beyond just having sort of a buddy who gives you advice. Uh, my dad is in the GIS industry, and he gave me some mentoring early in my career and it was really, you know, it's, I, I got a lot out of it because it talked about, you know, we, we talked about, well, how do you, how do you integrate being in the GIS industry into your life? Uh, so beyond just sort of the day-to-day -day career work type decisions, like how do you actually create a life around working in this industry? So I, I got a lot out of that. Rachel, I'm curious from your mentee experience, what are some of the characteristics that has, has really set that that apart from sort of the uh, professional advice you might have gotten from other folks? So as a mentee, what I guess I always have really enjoyed about my my personal mentor is um, the when I when I started mentoring with the USGS about a year ago, I asked for a mentor 
in a field that I was interested in developing skills in, in order to like advance myself to the next stage. So I have a master's degree in applied geography and geospatial science, but I'm really interested in getting an understanding in geospatial development or geodev. And I had taught myself some of the basics, HTML, CSS, Python, um, but I didn't really know what it meant to be a developer. So I, you know, I talked to our mentoring uh, coordinator and I asked specifically for a mentor in dev. And so as I did the mentoring program with this individual through the USGS, what I really, what I really liked was that the focus was on development. Um, it was on, you know, these are the skills that you're going to need to acquire over the course of your career, um, both technical and non-technical skills in order to continue to, to be in this field. I think the most important thing that I've learned and that I've gained from my mentor is that even though the, the mentoring year program has ended for us, I can always go to that person. Um, I actually just emailed them the other day talking about test plans, which is something that we hadn't had a chance to cover in our one year time with each other. Um, so it's, it's beneficial, you know, that you have this, like Drew and Siobhan have been saying, that you have this really strong relationship and that you can go back to that really strong relationship, um, you know, when you need to ask other more in-depth questions. Cool. Yeah. And so are you able to apply some of that experience? Because uh, you're a member of the Vanguard Cabinet mentoring team, right, Rachel? That is correct. Yes. So are you able to apply some of that experience to your work on that uh, on that Vanguard team? Yes, I, I think I think I'm able to. Um, when we have those meetings and we're talking about, or at least in the beginning, when we were talking about what we wanted the mentorship program to look like, I gave a lot of input regarding my own personal experience in in the USGS mentoring program, um, what that looked like, you know, especially expectations around mentors and mentees, right? Like how many times should they meet? Do they have to meet face-to-face, -face? Um, right? All of these questions really needed to be asked and answered and, you know, struggled with, like, what does mentoring look like in 2019, right? We have we have access to computers and digital technology. And, and so mentoring has kind of taken on this very different look and feel than what it would have looked like even like 10 years ago. Yeah. Well, I, I definitely want to get sort of into the some of the nuts and bolts and how technology can help. Um, before we do that, though, I was kind of interested to share uh, this study that I read about kind of talking about the scale of the need for mentors within the GIS industry and I think within kind of the workforce as a whole. Um, I read an article uh, that talked about how while only 37% of professional men and women currently have a mentor, uh, more than 75% of professional men and women in the workforce today want to have a mentor. So Siobhan or Drew, I'd be curious to know, you know, either in the Ohio region or in Oregon, um, what is your impression of sort of the scale of the need for mentoring relationships? Um, yeah, I would say that there's definitely a great need. Um, there always seems to be like, uh, I guess you would say a gap between some of the, the, uh, different types of mentoring that we can offer to people because, uh, you know, you need people that have different types of skills. You need people who are cartographers. You need people who can do applications and development. You need people with planning backgrounds, people with, uh, environmental backgrounds. And so how do you get all of those people to kind of, uh, want to volunteer their their expertise really and give back to the profession and really uh, what it breaks down to is you got to kind of foster relationships so one thing that we do is we've got an academic partnership chair and that person's responsible for reaching out to the uh, universities and colleges in the state of Ohio finding out if, if they've got programs uh, any kind of GIS program or, or GIS courses that they offer and then let them know that we're here, let them know that we have uh, mentoring opportunities available. And then basically as they start to come in and we see what types of mentors we need, then we're able to kind of go and access our uh, our membership. So here in Ohio, we've actually got over 400 members 
And so we've got a really large group of people that we can access to say, hey, you know, we've got a need for these types of uh, mentors if this is something that you're interested in. And usually you can help to help, uh, encourage people to do this by explaining to them that, you know, not only is it something that can you can use as a really cool resume booster, but you get GIS points. And, you know, there's no greater uh, feeling than actually giving back to the profession. And uh, it's pretty cool to do that. And then um, yeah. kind of how, another way for organizations that are kind of smaller, how, how could you, you know, get a larger pool of uh, mentors? And one thing you might be able to do is sort of survey your, uh, your public, your private, your nonprofit, or your academic institutions that are in the state that have some kind of GIS activities going on and let them know that you would like to have a, uh, anybody who's interested in contributing to the profession or giving back uh, the knowledge that they have gained to the younger people. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot of, that's a lot. sounds like you got a ton of interest out there in Ohio. Um, Siobhan, how's it been setting up your program in Oregon? Uh, same here. So I am coordinating a pilot mentor program for Oregon Eurissa. This is the first year and the program just launched earlier this month. So in addition to developing the framework for this program, we also had the challenge of advertising the program and finding enough mentors and mentees to participate. In the last six months that have gone into setting up the framework for this program, there's some anxiety about making sure we had enough mentors apply to participate. And it was really encouraging when we looked at the final applications after the deadline and that we received much, many more mentor applications than anticipated, which really said to me that we have established professionals in our community who really want to give back to this next generation of GIS professionals entering the field. Some of the people who applied were, you know, kind of your usual suspects who are uh, involved in the professional organization, um, and other organizations around the state. But also there are people who I had never seen at any of our networking or social events before who had heard about the program and wanted to give back. So I think that's a good reminder to always kind of cast a wide net and not just go to your normal resources, but really making sure you're reaching out to organizations and businesses that you don't always see at events and social engagements with the GIS community because there's a lot of people out there who may want to be involved and have good information to bring back to um, new mentees um, in the program. So we're, we're really excited that we had such a good turnout for mentors and mentees in our application process. It made the selection process hard. <laughs> Yeah, as a participant, I can say all of your events, Siobhan, have been very well organized and um, there's just a lot of energy and enthusiasm around it. I'm curious, though, because we're super lucky in, in Oregon and certainly it sounds like in Ohio and Colorado to have like pretty active professional organizations and just a community that that fosters a lot of mentoring relationships. If you're someone who is either looking to be a mentor or a mentee, and maybe you're from a remote area that doesn't have as active of a professional community, or you're just not hooked in, I'm curious if anyone, um, any of any of the guests have ideas of like, where do you look for these opportunities? I would suggest that maybe uh, people could try to, uh, you know, look for a user group in their area or look for a, uh, you know, a school or a, a university, a college somewhere in your in your region that you can go to and offer uh, to go there and 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 mentor the students, even if it's perhaps even just stopping in and uh, visiting a class and just talking to the students about, you know, what it might be like for them when they graduate. That kind of thing could be uh, pretty useful and could also help you get yourself out there, and then you might learn that there could already be something in your area that you weren't already previously aware of. Um, yeah, because you've got that Association of American Geographers has that Geo Mentors program, um, which I know is pretty popular. And I think they're sending mentors out into schools and sort of showing people how they can carve a career pathway in GIS. Um, do, are, 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 folks, are other folks familiar with any other options? I think the reverse of that idea is a good one too. For those of us who already have jobs, maybe reach out to a school and invite students and professors to do a brown bag at your work. Um, have lunch, talk about what your industry does with GIS, 
and kind of show them the other side of like being in a workplace and what um, different opportunities exist there. Um, so Rachel, from your perspective, both having had some mentee experience and also working on the Vanguard Cabinet Mentorship uh, Subcommittee, what do you think makes an effective mentor? A lot of times people talk about what mentees sort of mm, kind of get out of the get out of the process, but what what makes a really effect effective mentor from your perspective? Um, so I think it's an effective mentor is somebody who is you know really willing to listen. What I really liked about my own mentoring opportunity that I had with the USGS was that my mentor really let me lead our meetings, right? I would come up with an agenda of things I wanted to talk about, things I wanted to um, get more information on or feedback about, right? Whether, whether it was working on an application or learning a new development skill, it, I was the one to kind of set the stage for, um, you know, what skills I wanted to, to gain. That being said, you know, my mentor would often sometimes give me, you know, some more structure to my agendas, right? So if I said, you know, I want to talk about um, work, being a developer with the USGS, what does that look like? What does that consist of? What skills do I need? He had a week prior to our meeting, because I would usually send this agenda out a week ahead of time. Um, he would, you know, have a week to say, okay, I'm, we're going to talk about these things. We're going to talk about like what the day in the life of a developer at USGS looks like. And then I'm going to tell you a little bit about here are the skills that I think are missing from your resume that I think the USGS specifically is looking for um, that you need to make a part of your um, ongoing career education. Um, in the USGS, we call that an IDP, an individual development plan. And so it was kind of like a lot of give and take. You know, I was definitely leading, but there would be times when my mentor would say, you know, here are some other things you really need to focus. So he would kind of, you know, he was like a rudder on a boat, right? So he was kind of giving me direction, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. And I love a fanciful metaphor. So that's that's a really good, uh, that's a really good way to describe it. I also like what you talked about there, Rachel, because sometimes I think, maybe some mentees or you know some mentors might share in this in this as well you can got to get the mistaken impression that mentorship is just a mentor dropping knowledge on a mentee and so it sounds like mm. you're a really engaged mentee yeah. and so i'm curious um you know how how do folks that have have uh have run mentorship programs how do you how do you sort of foster those good relationships uh drew or siobhan I think it's really uh, asking some of some of the effective questions uh, to start off with. Uh, you really want to ask them about, you know, what what is their education background, what are their short-term and long-term goals, and then, uh, you know, ask them then things like, what do they consider to be their strengths, what do they consider to be their weaknesses, um, and then in doing that, you'll be able to to determine, you know, all right, if if uh, the person has a particular interest in perhaps being a, a cartographer, then you can help them look at, okay, so you're coming up upon registration for your classes. What are some of the options available? And then you can help them pick out some of the courses that would help them later on in their, in their uh, career. Um, other things that you can do then is obviously if you're mentoring a student versus a, a young professional, uh, those initial questions that you ask them will help you to kind of cater the support that you provide them. Um, so if you need to encourage somebody to do things like, uh, you know, you know, when students have their exams coming up, you, you can engage them by asking them, oh, yeah, you know, I know exams are coming up. Uh, what kind of projects are you working on? And then in doing that, they can either tell you maybe they're struggling to come up with an idea or maybe they've already got an idea and you can help them, you know, expand upon that. Uh, or if it's a, a young professional in the in the field and you find out that they're working on a project and Maybe they're not somebody who's got any kind of development skills, but you can help them by saying, hey, you know, there's this uh, really cool uh, free ESRI training course that you could take. It'll give you a little bit of exposure to some programming stuff that'll really help you take this project, do a couple more pretty cool things and uh, take it to the next level. 
Um, so I think it's really being able to ask, ask uh, the right questions that will help you be more supportive. Uh, and then you kind of also got to be careful to be a little bit more respectful as well, because, you know, you don't want to, uh, I have found myself in a situation where I was mentoring somebody and it seemed like they wanted to know a little bit more about uh, some programming. So I shared them, shared with them some additional information and uh, kind of set them up with some framework to start developing their own application on their own. And then it appeared to me, uh, it, well, it became very apparent to me that uh, they were a bit intimidated by what I was doing and they felt like maybe I was suggesting that they had to do this thing. And it was like, well, no, you don't have to do this thing, but uh, I'm just putting it out there that these, these uh, options are out there. You can explore these if you want to. It's not something that you have to do, but it's, it's still there. So uh, I guess in a way you want to be uh, respectful, be a good motivator, but try not to, uh, to make them feel burdened or pressured in any way. Totally. Uh, building on that, in terms of what the Oregon ERISA mentorship program has done, we, when, the, when our mentors and mentees first met, we had an activity for them to fill out an action plan, kind of a, a contract with each other, where they spent some time talking about their past and what their goals and objectives are for the future. And we asked them, both mentees and mentors, to write down what they wanted to get out of the six-month program we have for them. And then based on those goals, we asked them to come up with a handful of con concrete steps they could take to work towards those goals. So if someone is looking for a job, perhaps they wanted to create an online portfolio and work on improving their resume. If they have a job, if they are interested in developing um, programming skills, for example, outline what free resources they could use online to bolster those skills. So they outline what their goals are, what the steps are they can take to work on them in the next six months, and then a timeline for them within the next six months with the idea that at the end of the program, they'll be able to have something tangible, be it a project or a new skill that they can share with, uh, with their cohort. So I think having that kind of contract and framework and it being apparent up front what the mentor and mentee are going to be working together on for the, release, for the duration of the program is, is a really helpful framework for people so they don't get sidetracked or bogged down in um, other tasks they could do. All that being said, that is kind of flexible. People's goals and um, ambitions change through time, so they're not, it's not set in stone, but at least it gives everyone kind of a roadmap to hold on to so they know what the other person is accountable for along the way. So that's good. So it's almost like you're, you're, you're using the action plan as a tool to ensure that you're not just hanging out and talking shop, but there's real deliverables, expectations, and uh, goals that you want to that that you want to meet through the mentorship relationship. Absolutely, we want these the mentor and the mentee to get to know each other and build that professional network during the program. But ultimately, the goal is at the end for both the mentor and mentee to walk away with um, something new to have in their portfolio or their resume or you know confidence, soft skills, whatever it may be. We really want to make sure that there is a, a good takeaway for everyone at the conclusion. Yeah, cool. So Rachel, how's the how's the USGS mentoring uh, program that you've mentioned, you, you participated in, how is that structured? Like how do you apply, kind of how, how does it all work? So the program is structured, uh, first off there's, the program has two periods of signups. So you can sign up in the fall or you can sign up in the spring. And the program runs for one year. Um, I signed up in the spring of um, 2018 and got accepted and the program started in May. Um, and so how the so there's a mentoring coordinator and she oversees all of the assignments, so the mentor and mentor mentee assignments. So she does all of that. Um, you fill out an application, um, kind of some of the basic information, your name, your career with the USGS, where you want to go, what you would like to get out of the USGS mentoring program. Um, and then, you know, there's some serious questions about like, well, okay, well, what are you willing to put into this, um, 
what do you really want to get out of this? What are, what are your goals in the next 10 years career wise? Where do you want to go? Um, so after applicants fill out that application, um, supervisors fill out their own application to confirm that the mentee, the person wanting to be mentored, uh, has approval. Um, and then sometime in late May, you get your assignment and then there's a, um, a webinar for all of us to meet because some of the mentorship programs are long distance because the USGS is all throughout the United States. Um, and some of the mentor program uh, matchups, the matchings, they're, those are, some of them are face-to-face. So after we do this big webinar, there's a time in the webinar for for mentor and mentee to go off into like these side rooms within the webinar structure. And so we start to sit down and talk about like, what do we want to get out of this? What are we willing to put in? How often do we want to meet? All of those logistics are, um, are agreed upon between just the mentor and the mentee. The mentor coordinator doesn't have any say in that. Um, now that being said, if a if a partnership doesn't go well, then you know the mentor or the mentee can talk to the mentor coordinator and try to find a solution. So in that way, they're like a mitigating um, influence should something yeah, sort of happen. Got it. Got it. Sort of there to solve problems if they come up, huh? Right. Um, and so shortly after the webinar. Um, you know, mentor and mentee partnerships are allowed to start meeting. Um, the mentor coordinator this year gave us all a book to read. Um, I think it was the book was called Stressed, and we all had to read it. It was essentially a book about like how to deal with stress and how to have a life work balance type of thing. So we did that kind of as a mentoring community with both mentor and mentee. And then after that, for the rest of the year, I you know, I just continued to meet with my, my mentor one-on-one. Um, so at the end of the year, as the year is wrapping up, they do another webinar and everybody talks about um, how their mentorship relationship went, what worked, what didn't work, what are some ways in which the program overall could be improved. Um, and so that's kind of fun. But because my mentor was in the state, we just went out to lunch, which was kind of nice because they're just up in Fort Collins. So... My supervisor specifically asked me to track all of my mentor work, so the topics we covered, the time that I spent getting mentored, and sometimes that fluxed because I was allowed to have up to three hours of work time during the workday to dedicate to mentoring. So sometime, sometimes we'd meet for an hour, and then sometimes we'd meet for two hours if I needed to participate in like a webinar that my mentor thought would be beneficial to me. So that was kind of a nice benefit of the mentoring program. Sounds like and then a I, really great program. Yeah. And then at the end, you get a certificate that says that you've been through the mentoring program um, and you get a little pin. So that was fun. Cool. So that was the whole cool. program in a nutshell. Yeah. I really like that there's so many of these sort of structured mentoring programs. I'm curious though, let's say you're someone who maybe you've got, maybe you're looking for a mentor, you've got someone in mind but you're not sure that you want to go through a structured mentorship program. I mean, how do you reach out to someone and ask them to be a mentor? I've heard it's best to do in person versus like via email, but I'm totally the kind of person who would like approach someone at a conference and ask very woodenly like, hello, would you be my mentor? So I'm wondering what are some ways to break the ice and some ways to appropriately ask someone to participate in a mentorship relationship? I have a, a professional mentor outside of the USGS program that I went through and I didn't ask him. They found me and kind of like took me under their wing. I participate in an online Twitter chat every Wednesday called uh, hashtag GIS chat. Um, and it's a whole group of GIS professionals and um, various different data science types. And so we all talk about geospatial science for one hour and there was this one individual who really, like, when I started grad school, you know, took an interest in me and took an interest in what I was trying to do and how I was trying to get involved in the community. 
and they just took me under their wing. I didn't, I didn't ask at all. Um, okay. So there is the, that opportunity for informal mentoring. I don't have any personal experience with that, but I've ha had many others tell me that that is a very similar experience to what they've had where they start working with somebody just kind of ad hoc and it starts to become more of a, an ongoing relationship where that person is providing advice or suggesting that they start to, you know, get exposure to certain things and that they would have otherwise not, you know, thought about doing. And so they basically kind of informally uh, got this mentoring that they weren't really necessarily even aware of at the time that it was happening. But so I think, I think sometimes it just sort of organically happens like that. I think why mentor programs are so appealing is that having or finding a mentor organically is often really challenging for people. And it takes a lot of courage or forethought to identify someone in your industry or in your company that you admire as a leader or as a senior level staff member, and then seek out that kind of mentor relationship where a mentor program does a lot of the heavy lifting for you. Um, that being said, I think it's really valuable to find someone within your organization or industry organically that you would like to learn from. And I think if you do identify someone like that, um, while I agree with Micah that probably asking them in person is most ideal, I would encourage people to shoot them an email and ask them to go get coffee and get lunch. And maybe you never formally ask them, will you be my mentor? But, you know, set up a once a month meeting to go get coffee, catch up on what's going on in your work lives and any questions you have, and you can foster that kind of relationship on your own too in a less formal way. Those are really good ideas. Yeah, I think for the most part too, I've never in my, you know, almost 15 years in the profession, I've never met anybody who's uh, been turned off or, or, or been real, uh, kind of closed off in any way uh, to any kind of question that I asked them about the industry or about, you know, their job and what they specifically did, unless it was something that was uh, confidential or uh, otherwise, you know, sensitive information that they couldn't share. Yeah, it almost seems like I it takes agree. a certain amount of vulnerability um, to, to reach out to say, hey, you know, maybe I'm having trouble making a decision. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it does take a certain amount of vulnerability, and and um, and that's sometimes hard for people. I think. I agree. I think that is challenging. Uh, when I've been in that situation before, I find it always helpful to remember that. I mean, most people want to share their experiences with emerging professionals. They're excited that younger people are engaged and interested and want to advance their careers. So why it kind of takes a you know, it feels like a leap of faith to send an email asking someone to go to coffee or lunch sometime that you're not really close with. Ultimately, I think it's you're, it's going to be received well, and people want to encourage and foster talent and growth in their companies. I love that, and it really speaks to the benefit of mentorship from mentors, because we hear a lot about what mentees receive. What else do folks think are like, you know, if you're if you're a seasoned pro and maybe you're you know, you're kind of like, well, you know, I've, I've achieved a lot in my career. I'm thinking about trying to find a mentee. What are some of the reasons folks should seek out mentees or, or, or step up and be a mentor? I'd say the biggest reason to step up is to just give back to the profession in general. Like, um, you know, especially if you're older uh, or if you're a more seasoned professional, senior professional, um, there's a lot of students out there that, you know, you start mentoring them and you start to ask them about what kind of projects that they're working on. And it gives you some kind of insight of, into something that you weren't already, you know, considering or looking at. I remember I was mentoring a girl and she was working on a, uh, a project at the university where she was at to determine if they had, you know, effective lighting across campus. And it was something that I thought to myself, you know, I believe that, you know, this would be something that you could use in, in communities. I, I do a lot of community and economic development. So I was able to go back and kind of apply that to some of the things I was doing in one of the communities I was working with.
Yeah, I guess from my, my own perspective and a big part of the reason that I applied to be part of the Oregon ERISA Emerging Professionals Mentoring Program was just, you know, beyond the, the desire to, to give back and to sort of reflect all of the great uh, advice and support that I received early in my career was just to to soak up some of the enthusiasm of people early in their career because it's hard, you know, you you work in, in an industry, I think any industry for a number of years, and it's just hard to keep the original excitement that you had. And so um, I, I see mentoring as a as a way to to kind of stay excited, stay engaged, and and hopefully be reminded of some of the the love and the enthusiasm that brought me into GIS in the first place. Um, so I am curious if anyone here has had any negative mentoring experiences and how did that change your approach going forward or any sort of lessons learned that you took away from that? Um, and, you know, maybe it's not uh, overtly negative, but just things that happened either as a mentee or as a mentor where you're like, ah, I wish I'd done that differently or, you know, it, I, I really could have um, really wished that had gone better. <laughs> I, I know for me that when I was mentoring someone specifically, um, th they decided that they, for whatever reason, uh, you know, maybe four weeks into the mentoring relationship, I just didn't hear from them anymore. And I would send messages, uh, you know, for every now and again, and, th and they didn't respond to them. And it was like, specifically, I remember that person really, I wouldn't say wasn't necessarily looking for mentoring. They were more so looking for professional advice or, uh, or coaching. Um, and once they got that from me, I think that's kind of all they needed and they weren't really interested in anything else. Um, so in that regard, I just was made it made a point to uh, let them know that it, it's an ongoing relationship, that if they ever needed me in the future, that they could always come back and, and reach out to me. Because in my mind, uh, I think some people I've, I've met some people who are mentors and they think that, you know, I, I've got this task. I'm going to mentor this person for six weeks once it's over. Uh, it's over. My job's done. And for me, it's not like that. I, as a mentor, I plan to be available to you throughout your career. I want you to, to add me to your network of people that you can always rely on should you should you need any kind of advice in the future, coaching, uh, whatever it should be. And so um, I think really just making yourself available like that is probably a, a really good thing. Yeah, it's important. You don't want to get ghosted by a mentor or a mentee, I'm sure. Um, is there any risk in becoming too close of friends with a mentor or mentee? It's almost like, is there, could, could, could you sometimes run the risk of not getting what you really need out of it? I was just going to say that um, for myself, my own personal experience, I've never, uh, most of the uh, mentoring I've done has been remote. So I haven't had that sort of uh, opportunity to get too too personal with the uh, with the mentees um, but I suppose I could see something like that potentially happening happening maybe um, mm -hmm. and how I guess how you could uh, avoid that sort of thing um, is I guess just kind of you know I, I guess it's up to you how much you want to make yourself available to people uh, are you going to let them know that they could reach out to you on LinkedIn? Can they reach out to you on Twitter? Can they reach out to you on Facebook? Can they reach out to you on your work email? Can they reach out to you on your personal email? Um, and so maybe it's as a as a mentor yourself, you have to kind of set some boundaries and say, well, you know, I'm not going to invite these people to my personal accounts. Maybe you're just going to keep it strictly professional with them like that. Um, and possibly that's the best the best thing you can do. Um, but I think there are going to be situations where it's it's going to be best for you to have more personal relationships with people. It just kind of depends on, uh, I guess, how it, how that relationship continues to bud. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I'm thinking about my own personal experience where I had sort of a life mentor growing up, not related to GIS or anything, but you know, we got pretty close. He was actually uh, a music teacher of mine, that, but we were quite close. And I started to think, oh, you know, he's he's really uh, he's my buddy. And then I remember I would tell him some of the things I was doing, some of the decisions I was making in life. And he would say, Micah, you're making a mistake. And so that was really beneficial to have a mentor who was willing to tell me when I was screwing up, <laughs> because I think, uh, yeah, I, I certainly got a lot of benefit out of that. My informal mentor and I have kind of that type of relationship where, um, you know, I go to them for advice, both pertaining to 
my life and my whatever and and gis related things um i mean we've just kind of built this relationship that kind of has transcended mentoring um right where it's, where it's now more of a friendship um and i think it's okay because we both work in gis but we work in different aspects of gis like i work well, we're, one, we're in very different parts of our careers, right? I'm entry level and they're more advanced, right? He'll, he's going to be like a manager type level individual um, mm -hmm. or they are going to be a, a manager type person. Um, and so, right, the relationship is, is different. They need different things out of their career than I do. Um, and so we've kind of built this this friendship that kind of originally started off as mentoring but has now kind of transcended that. Um, and because we work in different fields, he works in um, GIS agriculture. I think they call it big ag or data science for agriculture, something related to that. But yeah. um, that field is drastically different than you know, working for the federal government um, doing citizen science, which is what I do for the USGS. Um, so there's not, there's not a lot of concern by either one of us, I think, related to like, are we crossing a line? Is there a boundary that's being broken? Like it's a healthy relationship that's mutual and beneficial to both of us. Yeah, that's great. It's, uh, it's an important thing to be able to be honest with one another, to give honest feedback. There's a lot of trust involved, I think. Um, yeah, and I think, uh, you know, at the beginning of your relationship with your uh, mentor, mentee, that's probably where you should establish those kinds of boundaries. Um, you should let them know, you know, what level of confidentiality you would you would hope that they can provide for you. Because um, I, I agree, if, if you are potentially uh, looking to leave an organization and go to another organization, um, it might not even just be within your own, but there's you know, there's camaraderie within in the GIS community, and a lot of us, we all know each other. We all know the other people who work for the other organizations. And so, yeah, you, you probably want to establish that uh, level of confidentiality at the beginning. Yeah, that'd be really important. Uh, Rachel, I definitely want to bring up, since we're both ERISA Vanguard Cabinet members, and since the Vanguard Cabinet has a mentoring program, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about that because it's not regional region specific, right? It, it, it's it's accessible almost to anyone in Eurissa. Or how, how does how is the Vanguard Cabinet uh, program working? So so far as I understand, the program was launched, um, I believe, at Esri, at the Esri UC. Could be wrong about that, so don't quote me on that. Um, but the the program was launched this past summer, um, and it originally was piloted with Eurissa, Ohio, uh, as I understand it. And how it how it works is people we have a website um, that I don't believe we have launched yet, um, and so we have a website, and so the website directs mentors and mentees to an Esri um, survey. And one, two, so three, yeah. survey one, two, three, thank you. It allows, uh, it asks different questions based on whether you're a mentor or a mentee. And then it shows you, um, and then the overall website and application have a map that shows you where people are located. Um, and so after you sign up, um, one of the, co-chairs of the mentoring committee within ERISA will, will reach out and contact uh, each individual in order to pair them together. So um, it'll contact the mentor and it'll contact the mentee um, individually and then together when they think they have a pair to make. The program is open to everybody who is within ERISA. Um, Specifically, I think you have to be within the Vanguard cabinet. That was a big conversation that we had um, at the beginning of the year when we 
when we really sat down and said, okay, what do we want the mentoring program to look like? Um, and the decision was, was that um, our current iteration of the mentoring program, you need, you do need to be a member of ERISA in order to um, have access to that. Okay, so just now is it young professionals only? Is there an age restriction or anything based on geography? Like, do you have to be close to your prospective mentor or mentee or just, just so a ERISA member? So I believe it is um, for young professionals and students. Um, I do not think that you have to be geographically located next to your mentor. Um, I believe we're allowing for long distance partnerships. Yes, I do believe we are allowing for those types of relationships to exist. Cool. Yeah. So now folks know they've got a, anyone who wants to be a mentor or mentee, even if there's no program or chapter near you, you've got no excuse. Time to sign up. Drew, do you have any other thoughts, closing thoughts about mentoring from your, your experience in Ohio and now coming in as the chapter president? Kind of what are, what are some of your thoughts or, or goals around mentoring? Really, my biggest thoughts and goals around mentoring it all comes back to uh, building better relationships um, with your G to building a better GIS community within your within your region, your state, whatever that is. You know, reaching out to your academic partners, uh, letting them know that you're available, letting them know what you do, and you know, it's kind of twofold there or tenfold, whatever you want to call it. Um, in that, you know, if if you're providing mentoring opportunities to to the students. Uh, you're also letting them know, know when you go to the schools as incoming professionals that they can uh, come to ERISA uh, for support, that they can get help from, uh, you know, seasoned professionals, and that um, there's also support there for the universities. Because I know, I, I realize a lot of times there's a, a disconnect between uh, academia and the professional world. and this is one of the ways that we can really try to help close that gap. Um, and so I think also reaching out to a lot of the organizations within your area that, um, you know, are hiring GIS professionals, if it's engineering firms or if it's local governments, state governments, or whether or not it's a nonprofit or whatever it is, um, it's just getting in there, letting them know that these opportunities are available, letting them know that they are awesome people too, and that there's people within their ranks that have incredible things to share with the community as well, and that they should give back just as much as people should should be involved. Cool. Yeah, it sounds like Ohio almost could provide a really good uh, blueprint for other ERISA chapters. Maybe they don't have a, an established active mentoring program. Um, Siobhan, now that your program, your pilot program is underway, what are some of your kind of hopes and dreams for the program or things you're looking forward to in the next few months? I'm really looking forward to seeing how the mentees and mentors grow over the next six months. We have some events planned for our cohort to get together in the next few months, as well as they've shared their action plans with uh, leadership in Oregon ERISA. So we're eager to see how they make progress on their goals and how we as an organization can help support them in reaching their, their goals. Um, at the end of our program, we offer our mentors and mentees the opportunity to present at our local GIS conference, and they can either share about their, excuse me, share about their, their mentor relationship over the program, or they can present on maybe a project that they worked on. So I'm excited to see these people's skills grow and have the confidence to share with our larger GIS community what they got out of mentorship. I think ultimately it will be beneficial for the, um, our participants in the program, but also for our GIS community in Portland and in Oregon to see the value of mentorship and hopefully watch our program grow over the coming years. Now, I was just going to offer too that uh, another thing that we've been doing too that I think also helps uh, bolster the uh, the mentorship program that we have is we do offer sponsorships as well. So we do a, a thing where we have a GIS conference every year in the state, and we offer 10 student sponsorships, uh, so students can apply to that. Uh, we have a committee that reviews the applications, 
and selects them based off of uh, their qualifications. And I think a lot of times uh, students who either are accepted or are not accepted uh, become interested in the uh, prospect of uh, obtaining a mentor and growing from there. Sounds like a great way to create a kind of a positive feedback loop of engagement, not only with that conference or that particular event, but just with the GIS community as a whole. Yeah, and then the another thing too that kind of works out a little bit is that we also provide a sponsorship, uh, sort of like a grant almost to some of the uh, user groups that are in the state. And um, essentially it, it will help somebody within their organization to attend a conference or a workshop or whatever it is to gain some additional, um, you know, uh, professional experience and, and development. And I think that also helps to encourage people who might potentially want to be a, a mentor uh, just to kind of have, have involvement and, and be able to use those resources as well. That's great. Yeah. And I, I also want to go back to um, what Siobhan was saying about her program. Just want to say on a personal level, I am so excited to be a part of it. Um, I'm, I've really enjoyed the experience so far. I had a uh, preliminary meeting with my mentee to work on our action plan. It was great. He seems really enthusiastic. Uh, so we're going to get that done. And, and I'm really excited for the next step. I know that I'm going to get out of, a lot out of being a mentor. And uh, yes, yeah, so I'm just really pleased with that. Um, Rachel, I was just wondering if you had any kind of closing thoughts about um, about mentorship or kind of what the Vanguard Cabinet has to look forward to and kind of how you hope to leave your mark on that program. Sure. Um, so I think mentoring is really beneficial both to both parties. And I think that, you know, I'm really grateful to see Eurissa coming coming away with both of these programs that we've mentioned throughout this podcast. Um, I think the program that Eurissa has created, um, the Vanguard cabinet specifically has created, um, is really exciting. Um, we've really put a lot of hard work into it and a lot of time and a lot of energy. And I'm really excited to see um, students and young professionals get a foothold in a really secure and structured way into um, GIS, into the GIS community. So I'm really excited to see that. Um, and as for my mark, I'm just grateful that I was able to be a part of um, the Vanguard cabinet for two years and to give back to the community and to help bring about these, these new projects and these new programs that we've worked on for, for two years. So that's been really exciting. Absolutely. Well, Drew, Rachel, and Siobhan, thank you so much for coming on as guests. And Barbary, thank you so much and all the team at Directions Magazine. It's uh, so, so wonderful, such a privilege to get to spend about an hour talking about uh, mentoring with you all. Thank you.